Welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Lafroy, Keith, Lore, eating oysters at Perla's on Congress, and acting. Today's chat is with the amazing, the cordial, the consummate toast maker himself, Mr. Simon Brooking of Lafroy. We recently sat down to talk about life, talk about then the newly released Lore from Lafroy, and I have seen him a couple times this year, and what a treat. There's been a really great push and awareness for Lafroig here in Texas, and I couldn't be more excited to take part. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Simon Brooking of Lafroig. No, no, it wasn't until I came to the U.S. Um, my dad was a aerospace engineer. Oh, really? Um you know, so so many of the great engineers came from Scotland. Yeah. And so a, there's a, a long history and tradition of it. And uh, he saw the opportunity in the United States. At one point, we were actually looking. At, he he wanted us to live in California. And my for my mom, that was just too far from Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Too warm, too, yeah, I imagine. Yeah, well, um, I think she would have got used to that. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, so we, we settled in upstate New York. There was a big expat. The old, the IBM and SingerLink. Oh, really? Um, the um, my dad built simulators to train pilots. That's crazy. Um, was he basically recruited to come over, or was he looking? Yeah, yeah, back? no, no. He, they were it was recruited to come over. Mm. So came came through to the U.S. and it wasn't really until I ended up in my college days um, taking on acting. Any expectation that you would follow in those footsteps of engineering or math heavy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. no. Well, on his expectation, sure, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But for my part, I had no... Uh, my my math acumen sucks. It's <laughs> yeah. horrible. I'm, I'm much better with, with the words than I am with the numbers. So. Well, there's math to it in some sense, too. Oh, absolutely. What do you think about developing a temp as I hold my hand up? There's a tempo. Isn't there a mathematical, almost like a symmetry in talking and phrasing things? Yeah, well, uh, certainly you, you see it more in comedy and yeah. timing, and and um, but it. I've been able to. Inco- it's about storytelling, and there's a tempo yeah. to storytelling as well. Uh, you, you have to be able to keep the the big picture in mind, while while c- carrying people through. Uh, the, the story itself, the minutiae of the story. Yeah. Uh, Do you have any mechanisms that you like? You know, I one that I learned because there's radio voice when you do podcasts because mm-hmm. you got to do intros and stuff. And you go, right, oh, right. well, you know. Yeah, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but is there anything that you like to do tempo-wise or inflection-wise to really drive home a point as I kind of well, just did? Well, I, 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 I sing. <gasps> you sing? I sing. I I. I, I very often, I, I start my my seminars with a song, so that it, it throws people totally off 
off kilter. Yeah. And um, uh, but it puts me in a very safe and happy place. A harmonious place. And uh, and it's um, it it introduces people to what I think is uh, the unusual places of whiskey. Yeah. And um, I mean. Because Isla, Isla is an unusual place, <laughs> yeah. um, and it's a very uh, unique place, singular. So, and that's kind of I've been, had the opportunity to be able to kind of develop that sing, singular style, and I think that's important. But we, yeah. I mean, look at it's single malt scotch, right? And and it's about the, the unique character of of the whiskies, um, and I think that's what the the best ones in the business. Uh, are very singular. Uh, I, I studied under Richard Patterson when when we were with Dalmore. Amazing gentleman, and, yeah. And, you know the nose, right? Uh, but uh, he has a flair for the dramatic. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he absolutely does. Yeah. I interviewed him recently. He was in town, and he does this thing. Well, obviously, he throws his whiskey out of the glass, right? Very dramatic move. It's great move. It's branded move. But he got whiskey on his own jacket. It was hanging over in the corner. It's like, <laughs> Richard, do you really want to get it on your jacket? And he just like plowed through it, right? It doesn't matter because yeah. it's all in the performance. Yeah. If you were to say maybe there was an actor that influenced you and maybe the way that you communicate with people or the way that you carry yourself on stage, is there anybody that comes to mind? Uh, a production of Romeo and Juliet that I was in. Really? The, the guy... Um, Michael and I want to say is uh, Michael Legue I think was his last name. He played Mercutio, and I got the opportunity to watch this man. Every time he would, during rehearsal, he would try something completely different. Every time, and it, um, and he learned, and we all learned yeah. so much from the failures. I was going to say, how often did the, it work out? I mean, sometimes it did, and sometimes yeah. it didn't. But then. He'd try it uh, another way, and and to me, that's that's part of the um, the spontaneity of 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 what we do in the whiskey business. I, I, I try to. I mean, yeah, yeah. There's certain bullet points that we need to hit. And we have to. We have our. Uh, we have to sell our our product because it is. It, it's a business after course, all. Yeah. But. Um, but they're, um, I always look for moments. Do you, read, do you have to deeply read into the crowd then too? You try. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's a challenge. It is a challenge. Um, when alcohol is involved <laughs> or not involved. Sure. I mean, sometimes it's, it's, a, it's, sometimes it's <laughs> an easier crowd when it is involved. It, right? Exactly. Yeah. It, uh, and um, I, I, I've done for a number of years now the New Hampshire Highland Games. And that's 150 people at each tasting, and we oh, do wow. four of them over 24 hours. And um, by the afternoon of the Saturday afternoon, that becomes the midnight show <laughs> because people are having a good—they've been having a good time already, uh, you know, out on the grounds of the Highland Games. Sure. And um, and I know that I can I can pull out some of the the bluer material, and they appreciate it. Sure. You know, I you know. Do you, so much like the stage, do you have an appreciation for comics as well? Oh yes, absolutely. I was there's a I don't know if you have Amazon, but there's the was it the marvelous Miss Maisel? Have you watched that show? Finished that. Second series two already? Yeah. Did you not fall in love with Lenny Bruce again? 
Oh my God! Yeah, it, 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 brilliantly portrayed. Sure. Um, and newfound appreciation, absolutely for. Right. Um, and and it, it's less the character in the in the show, but more the the actual uh, routine. Yes. The routine when he's up doing those routines. All, the all alone bit. Oh. This is not a spoiler, oh. but oh my God. Yeah. Really. I mean, it's, you're married now and you have kids, but you know, being an actor in Washington State and D.C., right? As you work kind of in both. No, uh, well, I've worked uh, all around the country. Oh, really? So, yeah. It's a lonely game, yeah. Well, it's yeah. It kind of set me up for this, but but I have a, I have a vagabond mindset. Yeah. My my grandfather, uh, my father's father was a pipe tobacconist salesman around Scotland and England, and my on my mother's side, my grandfather was a, a, a captain in the merchant marines. Oh wow! So, so traveling all they, the time. that wanderlust was there. Yeah. Um, my dad did less of it, but I. It definitely has stayed. Uh, it's in my blood. Was there a moment where, because you've continued to work with playwrights and you're one of the founding members of ID Theater? Id, Id Id Theater. I was yeah. wondering if it was the Id. Id. Yeah. yeah. And really wanting to get people to be creative and encourage their lifestyles. But for you traveling as an actor, what was the point in which the opportunity came along? I believe it was with doers. We're like, well, maybe I'll do something else. Maybe I'll finally settle down and make some money for once yeah the 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 vagabond life when it particularly from the performance uh in the theater yeah uh it's not easy you um you go away for three months and then you finish the job and then you come back to your city wherever that might be for us it's new york yeah and you start all over again there there it doesn't no build roots, right there's no it it uh, so, uh, and you feel like you're always waiting by, by the phone, which used to have a cord attached to it, so you <laughs> right. couldn't actually leave. <laughs> you had to yeah. stay in your apartment. Now the phone is waiting by you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so um, just a control, yeah. you know. And, um, yeah, through my agents, I got an opportunity to, to be a, a, the Dewar's brand ambassador. What do you do? You um, think that part of the reason that so you're Scottish, you're well spoken, you have experience traveling. Is these? Are you think these are all things that played into you being a good candidate for the role? Uh, absolutely, and and the the bankability, the thing that put put it over the edge for me was um, that I was living in the U.S. because they were having issues oh bringing hiring somebody in Scotland and bring them over with a work visa yeah, so yeah. it was becoming um, a lot more complicated and more expensive to do that and then when they found out um, that I l and this is this is when the I got the Dalmore with Jim Beam like oh they were trying to bring somebody over from Scotland they were having issues with uh, with uh, uh, passports and right, all that. right like somebody mentioned oh well Simon lives in New York he's from Scotland he's done scotch so um, I got the opportunity to um, to interview, to present to um, uh, a wonderful woman, Paige Guzman, who she was known as one of the whiskey chicks at, oh, yeah. at, at Beam. And um, I convinced her that I was the man. She took me on and, and now... 22 years later, well, we're looking at? Uh, Just the that career. was after Diageo. So oh, okay. For, with Beam and Beam Suntory, it's uh, 
almost 15 years now. That's incredible. Yeah, I, I, as long as some of the whiskey we age. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I've been in the business. I start feeling bad when I'm older than the whiskey. It's like, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna be 40 here in a couple years. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, this is not exciting anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's a challenge. It, it is a it, challenge. And, um, but for me, what I'm interested in doing is going deeper, going yeah. deeper and, and um, going deeper into production. You know, that that's that's where the magic is, really. Yeah. And um, the people that I work with, whether it's David Turner at Beaumont or John Campbell uh, at Lafroig, um, it's it's an honor to, to be part of this this legacy. I mean... Some of these marks that you guys have, you know, she just brought out a bottle of Lafroy Lore, which is, a, you know, going to be a mark that's around. This stuff, it's a problem for me, Simon, because I'm just going to drink it. And I'm glad I can get it all the time, but it's not, this is a brilliant scotch. I'm just going to keep going through. So this is the thing, is like a, a beautiful renaissance of brilliant scotch, man. It's crazy. Yeah. One of the things, you know, I was curious about, and I want to... We'll probably talk about metaphors as it pertains to actors in Lafroy, because there's got to be somebody that's like Lafroy-esque, you know? But you mentioned your birthday's next week, I think? Right? Yeah, Something like that. coming up. And we're, we're both getting older as the clock kind of ticks on. Does the traveling and being in a different place, maybe every night, every other night, is that taking more of a toll on you, or is it as easy as ever? It's not as easy as it used to be. We're not, not as resilient. Don't bounce back. Yeah. Um, uh, I have a great little house in New York. It dates back to the the, the, the 1800s. Oh, it's wow. it's a place of uh, tranquility. It's a pace, place where I can, uh, yeah, w- with the, the pace of uh, the, the challenge with the spirits industry being one of these ambassadors. And, and, and I learned um, from uh, a man in Pennsylvania quite a few years ago uh, where we ended up end of the night and he, he he's a he's a big man yeah he would he would take shots of tequila to slow himself down at the <laughs> end of the night <laughs> that's one <laughs> method right yeah. and uh and it was oh we might have done some jaeger bombs you know and and i had to wake up the next morning to do a half nine staff training and i was worse for wear yeah. and and he took me aside and said listen simon you're not going to survive. You're not going to last. You're going to do this every... You're doing, doing this in our market, yeah. and then you're going to fly to the next one, and they're going to treat you as a, the ambassador, and then we're going to wine and dine you, right. and then you're going to have to wake up the next morning and do it again and again and again. Dude. You've got to learn how to say no. Um, do you have any common practice? Because I think this is a very important thing. I've seen... I was just thinking about this earlier because San Antonio Cocktail Conference is just around the corner. Yeah. And last year, I met one of, one of my mates who I'd interviewed. He was stepping out right as I was arriving, but he didn't tell anybody. Yeah. And he's, I'm like, hey. And he's like, hey, I'm, I'm heading out. Because he knows is if he causes a fuss and says he's leaving, it's going to take 10 more minutes and then another 10 minutes. So we just jet. And I actually found that to be a really, really good yeah. strategry. Is there anything that you well, it's, do to uh, and in the in the bar industry, it probably more even more so is like, oh, we'll just go out, we'll just go for one more, you know? Right, right, right. Uh, 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 a final, final, yeah. you know, and suddenly it's five in the morning, yeah, and dude. and th- for me, the thought of having to get on a plane, still inebriated, that's the worst. You get dehydrated and, and, even more, and come home to my family in that condition. Nope, that it's it's an easy. It's an easy choice. You know, yeah. that's it. I'm done. And 
as long as I've been doing this, 20, 20 plus years now, um, that's been one of my keys to of longevity. Is like it's just to say no. Yeah, uh, it's that's, power in that. In the business world, there's power in that. There's power in yeah. that behind the bar, all of it. Yeah. And you still have your youthful glow, Simon. <laughs> so you, you well, drink Lafroy. <laughs> 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 so it's all that peat it's all the the preservative qualities of the peat i mean young. if orson wells could do it for over 70 years i think he died in, in his 70s we certainly can do it just a little bit yeah so you're in town because you have a beautiful array of products to me in a, in a weird sense bowmore might be the most texan scotch i've ever tasted really why yeah. so what, it, what is it? it reminds me of brisket so much that kind of it's this not peppery but it is a smoked meaty not quite sulfurous but fatty just kind of texture that uh, reminds uh, me of brisket and that's why bomore is one of my favorite things that's fascinating because i i because I, I always um um comparing the pd whiskeys to barbecue yes yeah so it, yeah is it a memphis barbecue oh, or is it the carolina barbecue great point, or yeah. you know is it uh, or is it texas man so what know. okay well i'm calling bamora as texas barbecue but something that's more acidic what do you think of the the, the marks that you use that might be more be, uh, uh, more acidic uh, more uh, carolina style more carolina yeah, more the vinegar yeah. um yeah, to me that is um, that's closer in line to a, like a Laphroaig triple wood. I see. With okay. the sherry cask, a little. Yeah. Little How do you feel about maybe Akintoshin? Well, there's no peat in Akintoshin. No, that's a but, good point. But somehow but, it's got that kind of. It still has this nice texture, kind of fattiness. To oh, it, absolutely. You know? uh, well, and that's the trip. Triple distillation for us is going to pull out more of the. The, the 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 fatty acids yeah. on that, I love it because this just calls to pairing, right? And actually, that's something she did as well. Multiple briskets, multiple types of whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's so much to be explored on the food side. Yeah. Do you, do you like to do that when you present? Maybe have a little bit of bite here and there with a little chocolate or cheese oh, or something like that. Yes, uh, we have a one of our uh, our smallest distillery within the group is Glengarry. Yeah, and we love pairing cheese. Um, uh, uh, like a manchego cheese oh, yes. or um, uh, or a gruyere um, I, I, uh, I've done a tasting in the past where I've a cheese and whiskey pairing yeah um, uh, at Lafroig for the uh, during the festival and it was all cast strength whiskeys and, and what I discovered was it was it's about flavor yes but it was more about mouthfeel yes and the oils and the fats and how they change and and combine mm -hmm. and just that the mouthfeel experience for me is something that uh, n not as many people take advantage of or explore right um and it's uh because i've had the privilege the opportunity to work with master blenders and master distillers who taste so many whiskeys through the course of their lifetime they're able to create three-dimensional qualities to the whiskey sure you know more than just liquid it becomes uh, you know Rachel Barry at Bomore uh, she's no longer with us at Bomore but um, just the ability to it goes back to storytelling and it is and it's a narrative in the bottle isn't it yeah and it's that's one of the things so you know you guys let's shift to, to Lafroy because 
it's a dark horse man it's jarring to some people beloved by many but it's something that causes people to think no matter what right it's like a klaus kinski i don't know if you remember him super rich actor and it's like i kept thinking i was like well, what is lefroy like actor wise right you at first are kind of standoffish but then once you catch a few rules like holy shit i'm really bought into this and willem dafoe came to mind uh-huh because he's maybe not conventional looking Maybe not a conventional actor, but then once you see more and more roles, you start getting. It's like a nuance. Daniel Day Lewis, you oh, know. I mean, exactly. Good. Yeah, they're, they're so they're at you know. And you may not get it, but it takes a little bit. And so this is it. Carjus, is that right? Carjus, Carjus, Carjus. Yeah. So this new Fino cast, dude. I Stunner. mean, we sat in a room at my house and we sipped this thing, and we're like, "Holy shit." <laughs> <laughs> it is because it's got the Christmas of the Fino, but it still is that rich fattiness of the Phenols and all of this yeah. beautiful grand quality. So, Lefroy's come a long way into getting people to admire and embrace the peat, wouldn't you say? Yeah, there's there's some there've been some key people uh, in the history. I yeah. mean, long term, but in the more recent history, uh, Ian Henderson, um, who is uh, a bit of a cult figure in the in the history of scotch and, yeah. and for us particularly Freud, he's the one who started the friends of Freud program oh nice um I, well i would i would be remiss as to not mention bessie williamson who uh who who had taken over in the 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 50s yeah. and had a profound impact on w the whiskey industry as uh, including lafroig um and then uh, our, our master blender uh, over the last 20 years was Robert Hicks. And he was very much old school Ballantyne's yeah. teachers. Um, and really his knowledge, his experience, his nose, his palate uh, brought uh, all these layers to the whiskies. And then in comes young, young John Campbell, <laughs> uh, you know, fresh off the boat, literally yeah, off the yeah. boat because his brother was a lobster fisherman. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a great video. If you ever want to, uh, John's interview, they wanted to interview some of the folks on Isla to get some of the local flavor for, um, for Lafroy. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I'll interview my brother, you know. Uh, so he's, uh, well, so Scott, what do you think? You know, what's your job? He's like, John, you know what I do. I'm your brother. Come on. <laughs> and he's very upfront and matter of fact about it. But, but John has brought a, a new, a breath of fresh air uh, just um, with his perception from his worldview. Yeah. John loves to travel. And that's an that's we, actually a very interesting trait, right? To bring yeah. in, to not be... Now, I, I think it's fine if you've lived on Isla all of your life, but sometimes the worldliness of cuisine of spices that brings this whole other lens you can go and cast on the, the blending process yeah yeah and 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 the karchus bottlings are are, are is a uh, is a big part of his legacy yeah. the, the the different bottlings that he's created through the years they're amazing the amontillado which was a few yeah. years ago that's one of the greatest bottles i've ever tried the madeira oh. i still have got that house yep i mean and there's there's still some amontillado this. casks sitting in the way is there really oh yeah <laughs> We're gonna see those again sometime. Yeah, we will. Oh, brilliant! And and, and actually, um, it's a visual, but we've got some. I've got a block of peat here with me, but I've also got some anthracite coal, and this kind of speaks to the kind of the story of of the resourcefulness of the Scots. Yeah, but also uh, the opportunities that are available. Um, um, a few months ago, 
our um, our uh, steam system went down. Oh. And so we the steam coils that we used to heat our stills with right. uh, were inoperable. Uh, how and then we take that residual heat from the steam um, of our distillation and we use it to dry our barley. It's the second step of the distilla- uh, of the drying process and right. the malting of the barley. Um, but we didn't have that steam. But we'd also laid down uh, two batches of barley to grow. So we had 14 ton of barley that was sitting on the floors in our malting floors. They're just sitting there, that, I guess, right? That if we let it go too long, spoil. W- they would have been totally spoiled. Yeah. So. We were able to dry the barley over the peat fires, which is what is the first step of the distillation for us. And then the boys decided to then use anthracite coal, which is a, a smokeless coal that uh, a lot of people still back home will still use mm-hmm. in their homes. Um, and the anthracite coal is what they would used to use before steam. Oh. So they were able to dry the barley down, store it until they, they could then distill it. But again, taking that, looking at it uh, uh, as an opportunity, and the, I got a chance to taste that spirit. And Tell me that. that. So very grassy, hay notes. Really? Uh, really n- uh, not the typical new make that you normally would get off today's stills. And, and that was uh, exciting to see. And we'll probably see it as a, a Karchus bottling. Oh, in, cool. 10 years or so. But but does it combine it, with the peat too? I mean the Oh yeah, yeah, yeah we so dried it over the peat first and then, then you've got the smokeless yeah, ve- maybe more vegetal to your point. Yeah. You say grassy? Oh, yeah. that's super cool. Yeah. So 10 years you say. Yeah. I'm like I'm I'm earmarking this. I'm going to have to think about this. But the um that carcass you were the new one the 2018 6 years in bourbon, 2 years in a fino cast. Yeah. And the fino brings to it, and then that's one of the things that I think John, in his experimentations with the different casks, is that um, the 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 multiple layers that these different casks bring. Yeah. Now you'll get some folks who go, "Oh no, that's not Lafroig." But it's so and then you get others go, yeah. "Oh my God, that's Lafroig. That's that's so Lafroig." What do you do when you got a lot of fat in something? What allows the brain to process it? Salt, right? Okay. So Fino provides this nice salinity. It has a very, very dry sherry that just cuts through the... It allows you to taste the Laphroaig in a way you've never tasted it before. It gives it... It, it doesn't taste like an eight-year-old whiskey. No, the Fino gives it depth. It gives it, it, gives it longer legs. Mm-hmm. It gives it some maturity to it. And, and, a, and a pop. It does. It's got a crispness to it, which is really, really nice because normally the roundness of Laphroaig can be overwhelming to some, especially if they're coming into it. And speaking of overwhelming or trying to come into the category you've got Bamore, you've got Ardmore, Glengarry, uh, also of course Lafroig. What do you think is a nice intro scotch to bring people in then drive them in to Lafroig in a nice docile way? In, in, in its most docile, very simple um, Ockentoshan, yeah, Ockentoshan right. American Oak um, and then I, I on the other end of that spectrum, I love the triple wood. Oh yeah, uh, the Laphroaig triple wood. But the the three wood Alcantoshan is it's is amazing. a classic. PX right in there. Uh, PX Oloroso. Yeah. So uh, Laphroaig triple wood is 
two bourbons and one sherry. And then Alcatoshan is one bourbon and two sherries. Amazing. And, and I'd love to do those side by side because just to show how the wood influences uh, the it's spirit. It's profound. We don't really experience that level of difference of flavor in bourbon. You know what I mean? We, it wasn't really part of the culture of bourbon is yeah. to use those different casts, especially not European stuff because we could never get it, you know? But here's something too that I want to thank you for and I want to thank Lafroig for. This phenolic kind of flavor that a lot of people consider off-putting, but you know, let's just call it foreign. They just don't know what to think of it, you know? It's actually, do you realize how much Lafroig has helped the world of mezcal? Have you heard this before? I, I, I haven't seen the numbers, but... It's, now, it, it may be anecdotal, but I've talked to many brand owners in the mezcal world that said, we thank Lafroig for bringing people into the category because Lafroig opens your mind to this whole other set of flavors you never really thought you could taste before. Yeah. And that's the kind of legacy I think that it, it will leave. So for you... You're in Austin. You've got a tasting at the Austin Shaker. You have a whiskey society tomorrow night as yeah, well, which will be seven great. Grind. Yeah, what do you like to... What are the main points you really like to share with folks and you want them to walk away with for Lafroy or Bamore? I always start with the basics. I always feel like there's somebody in the room who's coming to a tasting for the first time. Yeah. And that's important for me because those are the people... Who come? Who come to? Well, everybody comes to learn. Yeah. Some of them are a bit snobbier than others. Right. Uh, but I, I always, um, I, I love people who are genuinely interested and in, and and have come out of goodness of their heart, taken time out of their day to come and dive into this strange and exotic world and overwhelming <laughs> and, and absolutely right. and very intimidating. And and that's and and so on for me it's about let's take away the intimidation factor. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Yeah. And 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 so do you want to be challenged, or shall we just dip our toe in the water, or do you want to just dive in, just go all the way, go deep, right. go deep, deep, deep. But that's good. That's good of you to be that flexible and to be that accommodating, because whiskey can be like you said. Some people are very snob snobby about it, but I I get the sense that it's changing. I get the sense that people are being more open to conversations, more open to exploring outside of their affixed notions of taste and flavor. Do you see that now? Oh, absolutely. I think it's I think it's a generational shift. Yeah. I mean, I just know from my family, my parents, you know, and from the Scottish tradition, everything's boiled and uh, and deep fat or and or deep fat fried. Okay. <laughs> Now, so they've got their merits, right? <laughs> oh, which that's not to say that's a that's a bad thing. It mm -hmm. all has its place. But and this goes back to kind of the world experience that the more people are more and more interested in the, the diversity and, yeah. and, and the differences. And that and that's and that's why we have been able that's why we've offered more dif, uh, more bottlings and experimented with different flavors. Uh, I mean we could have just stayed at Lafroy, we could just stay with okay, we're just gonna produce Lafroy ten. Right. And we'll do quarter cask as well because that's our second biggest seller. Yeah. And Bomore well, Bomore tends to yeah, you guys they, got some crazy stuff. In they there, yeah. experiment a little bit more, and then that and you know that goes back to Eddie McCaffer and Jim McEwen and the the boys, uh, the, the, where they with the sherry casks and sure. and the the number one vaults. Um, 
they weren't they didn't necessarily have the pressure to produce the moneymaker, which was ten year Lafroig. Yeah. You know, so for us at Lafroig, it was always about protecting that. Sure. The flagship that, product, yeah. right? So we're not gonna necessarily, but now we're 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 going beyond that. We we have an older range of spirits now. 25, 27, 28, 30, 32. We never had that. That's crazy. I mean, you know, it, we had we had the 15 year for a while and the oh, 30 year, and, yeah. and, and there was those were and continue to be lovely whiskeys. But then, um, creative brand teams changed, got younger, and uh, <laughs> uh, and what is that? What led to? And I, th- I think this is lore that she gave. Yeah, us. that's the lore. Oh man. That's amazing addition to the marks. How did this kind of come about? John this Campbell, this is again, uh, you know, it, it um, on the bottle of Lafroy, it says the most richly flavored of all Scotch whiskeys. And somebody asked John, well, what does that mean to you? So it got him thinking, oh, man, what 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 does that mean to him? And yeah. uh, he, he came up with four key flavors, smoky, peaty, dry, floral and sweet. So he set out to create a bottling that would capture those flavors. Would you consider it one of, if not the most well-rounded, of the Lafroigs? I would, I would consider it one of the most layered. Ah, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's six different casks that we're using. So I, I, I the expectation, I think, you know, it, there's just uh, using quarter casks, using uh, eight-year bourbon barrels, using ten-year uh, Oloroso sherry casks. Um, 11 year new European oak 15 and 21 year bourbon there's a there's a lot of layers and and I mean this is what I want out of any partner I ever have complexity passion depth and some youth and some experience it's <laughs> 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 some age too <laughs> yeah but it is such a romantic whiskey yeah you know Lafroy in, in general is romantic but something about lore the name is befitting the, the name has right? captured the packaging yeah um, it's it's really caught people's attention and and the whiskey deserves it and 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 that's a great uh, a great thing for John. We never know when these new bottlings are introduced, the success yeah. uh, and um, it speaks to his connection with the island, with um, with the distillery, um, and with his world experience. Do you think that Lafroig could be made anywhere else but Isla? No. Why? No. Uh, well, if you're standing on the dock with the wind and the sea in your face, yeah. drinking a, a glass of it, it, it just all comes together. Yeah. I mean, uh, and and that's that's hard to say because very few people more get to to actually experience that but it is a it is an experience of location hmm. um, time and place location the wind i just imagine the wind that salty sea wind right? yeah. yeah and 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 it comes at you and that's one of the things i like to talk about i i hate talking about tasting notes because yeah. i've i've seen people totally intimidated by people presenting and 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 the people trying to understand like oh no it just tastes like whiskey to me i don't right. i don't get yeah and then but, they don't open up right right but what i i liked the images for me are more about uh, the younger lafroigs the cast strength lafroigs are like a 
a Force 10 Gale in your face. Yeah. And it's coming at you so fast, it's it's hard to pick apart those flavors. Yeah. So some water is going to calm the seas a little bit. And that's why when you talk about the lore or some of our other expressions, the 25-year, it's a much calmer day on the bay. Right. And the wa- the waves are just lapping at the shore and and give you a, a, just a different it's uh, uh, experience of time. No, I, I love this because I think about it and I say, well, the richness of lore, right? And we're going to stick on lore because I think it's sure. just a lovely, lovely whiskey. It's being able to see the crest of the wave, right? But then being able to see a little bit of clarity in the water and see the fish swimming beneath, you know? It's just that one extra layer of connecting with that time and place. And in some sense, I don't know that many of the other Lafroig marks connect me to all of the elements like this one does. And for the price too, you know? Because you can yeah. go spend hundreds of dollars, thousands of 20 plus year old Lafroig, but I don't care how old this is. Mm. This has so much richness and you'll find something new if you pay attention every time, you know? Yeah, you, you have to be open to it. You have to, and you have to be willing to take the time too. Um, Lafroig is rewarding as long as you give it the time. Much like your greatest friends, right? Yeah. Off-putting at first, but then once you dive in and you start to try to understand it and you really, really let it in, there's no other experience quite like well, it. And one of our old campaigns, and I always re- like to resurrect it, is you'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, it's... That's a good point. No Self-actualization Take it, takes a while. But take it, it's, you know, it's... Um, it may take your whole life. Yeah. But but keep exploring. Always. Speaking of exploring, you have had such time on stage. You've had such time experiencing Scotland, experiencing all of the whiskeys and the people themselves around this world. What is there? I always think about this. Is there a play that could incorporate your life experiences? Is there a book? that you could write that could incorporate all of these experiences. Is there some some and culmination of this beautiful time you spent with us on the stage and traveling with these whiskeys? Is there some way that you could share that story with us? Do you think about that? Well, uh, I like to do a lot of toasts. Yeah. So there's there's a book of toasts in the works. Mm. So that that could be shared. See, now that's good. I mean, I, I love the works, uh, the Forsyth, the filmmaker, oh, yes. uh, local hero. I mean, to me, that speaks to the magic of, of Scotland and the magic of, of family. Yeah. Um, uh, I mentioned Danny Boyle a bit. You ever get into his work? I love, I love Danny's, Danny's work. Incredible stuff. Yeah. Shows the richness of Scotland, but also of filmmaking itself. Yeah. I, I just. I never met a non-creative person in the Scotch realm. You know, we all come from music or we all come from the stage or writing and it seems to be a perfect blend of things for you. What about thankfulness and sitting down to reflect? I know you talk about the tranquility of your home in New York, but do you get those moments to just sit and reflect and say, this hasn't been half bad? It, it, it. It isn't half bad. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> Yo, I'm sorry. Not, I'm not, not, no, no, yes. I haven't retired. Yet. <laughs> I'm talking like a like an autobiography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was my life. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's um, it's that reflective nature that I love about about the whiskey. Um, yeah. And and too often the industry, um, 
the the whole financial money making side of it just really pisses me off. Yeah. No. That said, I have a I, I'm well paid. Yes. And, and I have a job with an amazing company with Bean Santori. But um, the the rush to turn a dollar um, when I think if you take the time you spend the time to get below the surface mm-hmm. then you've got you've got pe- you, you you've got a fan for life yeah and it and it's not about the cell it's about it's about that spiritual experience and 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 I've had the opportunity to be a part of that spreading ashes on a gentleman's plot oh, wow. uh, a friend of Lafroig um uh, I, I had a family at a dinner in Connecticut that had come in the honor of the grandfather, and he was a huge Lafroig fan. And uh, the the father and mother and their daughter, who was of drinking age, sure, of course, had come in in honor of the grandfather. And he was such a big Lafroig fan in his in his final days, they were able to locate a bottle of forty year Lafroig, oh, which. Wow. Um, you can only get at auction for thousands of dollars, sure. but they were able to track down a bottle for him. But he was too weak to even drink, so in his last days, they would dab this Lafroig 40 year on a cloth and put it to his lips. And oh, man. the fact that this man, you know, before he passed into the next world, Lafroig was one of the last things he experienced. That That's incredible. It truly is. Uh, it it speaks to the human connection. Yes, which is all that really matters in the end. Yeah, you know, doesn't matter about the dollars. To your point, we're here having a moment. I don't care if traffic's loud as shit. I don't care if the sun is hitting me in the eyes directly. This still is a moment I will never soon forget. Right. Because these are the things that I cherish, and I suspect it's the same with you. So I've got two questions left before we send you off into the realm, doing a tasting, and then you've got more business here to do in Austin. You're at any bar in the world, doesn't matter where, and you're sipping Lefroig lore, and you can have a conversation and wax poetic with any actor, living or deceased, who would you love to just sit at the bar and talk about life with? Right off the bat, I mean, I, um, because I actually had spent a little bit of time with, with, with Liam Neeson. No way! And... Um, uh, it, Albeit he's Irish, sure. <laughs> but he's Northern Irish. You can see Ireland we'll from his house. We'll you could almost. <laughs> but anyway, um, I. This is a man, uh, a man with a, a huge heart, yeah. and uh, who's led for me an amazing, creative, artistic life, and and tragic, and, and tragic. Yeah. tragic um, yes, and we were actually kind of a, a part of that whole story because I was doing a show prior to uh, while he was doing his other show where he met the love of his R- life. Miranda Richardson? Is yeah, Miranda yeah. Richardson. Um, uh, we were in rehearsal with Canada oh, wow. at the same theater when all that back backstage drama was hot and heavy. Oh, man. And um, just saw and she came to our opening night with Case and just saw the love and the just the tragedy behind all that um, and yet the man has persevered he's and, done very very and, well and celebrates celebrates life yeah and love it's 
he has a certain set of skills. He really does. <laughs> I never thought he'd be able to kill so many dudes in a movie, but that's turned out to be a hell of a path for him. And Schindler, and I mean, you know, <laughs> well, no, I mean, look at from yeah, yes, it's, uh, uh, he's a he's a fascinating man. Absolutely, and even in Widows recently, that's a new one that just mm-hmm. came out. He's quite good in that. Well, so the last question, I, I suppose people ask you this all the time, or they ask you to do this all the time. Talking about love, are there any toasts that come to mind to celebrate love, to commemorate it? Yeah. Care to share one with Yeah, you? sure. All right. For there's no foe like fear, and no friend like cheer, and sunshine will flash at our call. So let's crown love king and let us all sing. It's a mighty good world after all. Ah, fucking brilliant, mate. Thank Cheers, you so Slunge. much, Simon. Hope I see you tomorrow night. Thanks so all much right. for chatting. All the best, Slunge. So there we have it. What do you guys think of Mr. Simon Brooking? No finer gentleman to share a dram with. No finer gentleman to recite amazing tales and toasts of scotch, love, and everything in between. Simon is is such a pleasure to be around. Just such a great guy. He's giving back to the acting community. And we can catch him on stage every now and again. Or toasting to the beautiful peated scotch, Lafroy. So thanks everybody for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how little sleep you got last night or you're kind of glad that Halloween season is over, please keep dancing.